Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you are having a rocking day. I can pretty much tell you I am. It is beautiful down here at the beach. Last week was was the biggest spring break week. We'll have, we'll have another big week before the year's out once uh, once we get through this March Madness. Some of the other kids have come down, but uh, this week all the kids are out. My sister-in-law's in town with her kids, so our family's just having a heyday, you know. And it's given me some good time to to get some work done and studying. I mean, truly digging deep into Darren Falter's book, How to Select a Network Marketing Company, Six Keys to Scrutinizing, Comparing, and Selecting a Million-Dollar Home-Based Business. is I mean, you need to go buy the book. Uh, plain and simple, no way around it. Yeah, not every book that we do on the radio would I suggest that you buy. This one I do. If you're in direct selling, if you're looking to... Well, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're in network marketing, MLM, direct sales, or anything else. If you really want to launch a business, there's only two books that I recommend that, that really dig deep into it, and it's network. this book right here, How to Select a Network Marketing Business, and the four-year career that Richard Brooke just put out. But you can get this book at networkmarketingbook.com. It's well worth whatever it is that, that Darren is charging for it because it is one of the most phenomenal reads that I've had in a long time. It, it isn't, and you may be saying, gosh, Troy, your monologue's going forever. Well, it is, because this book is not fluff. There's not rah-rah, Darren Falter type deal. I mean, this book is, is you dig deep into it. And you, you've you got to do some things, and that's why we're getting into Chapter 3 today called The Study. To know if something is the best, you have to look at all the rest. That comes from Darren Falter himself. Very few people that I know that have reached the pinnacle that Darren has ever talks about due diligence, ever talks about digging underneath the hood and looking at things. Richard Brooke yesterday left a comment saying if more people would do the due diligence in their network marketing career, they would, they would have less headache. And you know the 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 pro and the con of being in direct sales is it, it costs you less than a thousand bucks to get started. If you're on a shoestring budget, you can get started for fifty bucks. And that that in and of itself is a great thing for those that are on a tight income, but it really sucks because the mindset is, oh, it's just fifty bucks, I can blow it off. Oh, it's just a thousand dollars. I've watched people invest a thousand dollars into product and it never leave their garage. Because people blow off the cash. This is America, and you may be saying, well, Troy, not in my family. I bet if you look around, you'd be able to see where you have blown a 1000 bucks and never given it a second thought. Most people do it just in food every year. But let's get into Chapter 3. Let's dig into the meat and potatoes. Darren starts out by saying, before we get too far into this chapter, can I ask for a commitment? And I love that says, can we start the research off with a mutual agreement to keep an open mind and look at the facts before making any final decisions? It should be that way in everything. One of my, I guess one of my hang-ups is the fact that I launched my network marketing career with Primerica, A.L. Williams. We had to go through licensing, compliance, I had to study. When I got my Series 6 and 63 license, I literally studied for one complete summer. I mean, literally. We would go camping, and all I did was study. 
as I prepared to get licensed. I spent thousands of dollars in my licensing. Most network marketing companies, you just you just go join. But Darren says this, let's agree not to pass judgment until we understand the criteria for evaluating a network marketing company and the principles for selecting the best company. Now, if you're listening today and you're already with the company, you say, true, my company's the best. I want it to be the best. Darren wants it to be the best. You need it to be the best. But keep an open mind because it's the only way that you're going to be able to know that your independent business, that you're working from home, marketing for your your primary company, that it really is the best. When I was growing up, I had a couple at church. They owned one of the first Baskin-Robbins franchises, but they loved network marketing. Started out for a few years in Amway and ended up in Amsoil, which is one of the best direct-selling network marketing companies around today. I'm going to be doing a review on Amsoil, a big review coming up in the next month because they have set so many firsts in the the automobile, um, would it be automobile? I guess just vehicles because of what their studies and their research has done. And that's what people don't understand. And we're going to go through some of this as we move forward. But I want, to, I want you to get out a pen and paper. I want you to write down the six keys. Now, we're just bullet pointing them today. And then we're going to go chapter by chapter by chapter and dig deep. But here's the first one, profit mindset, how to think like a marketing pro. Darren says, in order to be able to recognize a good opportunity, you must be thinking like a marketer. And that's that's true. How do you know if something's good unless you're looking at it from the marketing standpoint? One of Darren's practice companies is called Zango. And Zango, when they launched, did a phenomenal job. Very quickly, they had a, a bottle created that was unique. They had their marketing that was unique. Their name was unique. See, when you can create uniqueness in marketing, people stand up and listen. You have to have a marketing mind. Now, here's some of the things that you've got to ask yourself. And we're gonna, Like I said, we're going to dig deep into these. This one will be in Chapter 4, but, we, but listen. What is your main reason for starting and maintaining a successful business? That is huge. You need to be writing that down. What is the main reason for starting and maintaining a successful business? Second question you've got to ask yourself, what's the difference between business ownership and self-employment? That's huge right there. Whole different thought process, whole different accounting, a lot of stuff you've got to do there. What would you rather would you rather be rich or right? Now think about that. Is the ego more important to you than the profit? I have seen great businesses. I'm going to go through a list here in a little bit of great businesses and some of them are no longer in business today and it was because of ego. Another question you're going to ask yourself is what message is the marketplace sending you every day? You've got to be able to understand and think like a marketer. And lastly, under the profit mindset, are you coachable enough to effectively apply what you learn in Darren's book? I mean, that's just that's about as specific as you can get. The second key is the product industry. What to sell and why. Now, let's, let's define that. Darren says that the term product industry refers to the type of product or service you will be selling through your independent 
Now, he calls it a distributorship. That's the common word for it. But I, I believe your independent business, it's a, it's a marketing and distribution center. But if you're in services, you're not really distributing a product. Matter of fact, most network marketers today, I won't say that. I, I would say at least half of the distributors today are not with a company that's like a party plane company where you actually go out, hold parties, and then you you got to have the product sent to you or you're getting it from a distributor there in your local town. Tupperware used to do this. Most of the time, the company just drop ships the product directly to the house. So really, you got to look at this in a little different light because it's through your independent business that you got to look at. What are you going to be selling? We're going to cover this in Chapter chapter 5, but here's some of the stuff you've got to look at. Should I select a product company or a service company? My The majority of the success that I have enjoyed in network marketing has come from a service-based company. A.L. Williams, World Marketing Alliance, Prepaid Legal, World Leadership Group, even ProStep, where, where I was working as an executive. Uh, Ignite 360, Invisus Direct, those are where I had my most success. You need to figure out, do you need to be selling a product or a service? Which product or service will produce the largest income for you? Now, at, at Primerica, I don't know another company out there except maybe Keller Williams that produces more income for the individual, let alone team effort. See, when I went out there and I helped somebody save money on their life insurance or I helped them invest money in a mutual fund, I made thousands of dollars per sale. So I had no problem going out there and making personal sales and working with my team. That's just the way it works. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Sometimes you'll find a company, telecommunications is a prime example, where the actual residual income, the money that you make for marketing that service is so low that you have to constantly be opening up new distribution points, recruiting people in. So you've got to look at see what, what fits your mission, what you're looking for. Three, should I go with a new idea or go with something proven? That right there in and of itself is a huge question that you have to ask. If you don't have a gut like iron, then going with something unproven, going with something new could be really stressful for you. You may want to go with something proven. What industries are absolutely not viable this year? There are some companies that are not only is it not viable for them to be in network marketing, but it's just not a viable year for them. So you've got to look around and say, what's out there? What role do trends play in selecting the product industry? This is huge. Most people don't even look at trends. I mean, in the 1970s, you could, if, a company, if a network marketing company was selling hula hoops, you'd make a lot of money. Today, you're not going to make a lot of money. So you've got to look at what's out there. Should I, choose a baby, should I choose a baby boomer industry or does it matter? Now, Darren's going to go into this in detail in Chapter 5, so I'm not even going to cover that one right now. But in Chapter 5, I'll give you my advice alone what, what Darren says about baby boomers. And I think you may, be, you may see that we agree or we may disagree. Key number three, timing. When to join a company. This is huge. This is where most of the critics are, are so upside down in their, their methodology that they, they totally make themselves look inept because they're just ignorant.
to to facts because they let their blinded emotions get in the way. Darren writes, many distributors learn how to think like marketing pros and how to pick a winning product industry, but they fail when it comes to selecting the right time to join a company. Getting started too early or too late can be detrimental in your success. Now, what critics will tell you, and this is a myth, is that all network marketing companies, if you don't get in at the ground floor right when they launch, then you'll never make it. You will fail because they will implode on themselves. Well, that's just the most asinine thing I've ever seen. Because getting in at the ground floor in any company, doesn't matter what it is, is the riskiest endeavor that you can do. Because most of the time... The startup costs are so astronomically high. The cash burn is so astronomically high that if a company doesn't have good investments, they don't have good financing, they don't have a product that just has sizzle out the yin-yang, they won't make it. It does not matter what company, what industry. We just see it. You can go to the SBA. 95% of all businesses fail, period. doesn't mean you quit. It just means you find something new. Underneath timing, key number three, during which phase of growth should I join the company? Startup, the momentum, or should I wait until the company's mature and stable? Should I get involved with a ground floor opportunity? Is there such a thing as market saturation? Now, that's a big one critics like to use. Markets, I just watched a video the other day. guy says, the reason network marketing doesn't work is because if you just grew your business 14 levels deep, you'd have 6 billion people, and there's only 3 billion people in the whole world. And I'm just shaking my head at him. See, people automatically assume that the reason everybody gets involved in network marketing is to make money. Nobody ever takes into account that somebody may just like the product and decide, why would I pay retail when I can get it at a discount by being a distributor, and if somebody I, I come across likes it, I'll sell it to them. My daughter-in-law last night calls me and says, Dad, what about Cincy? I said, Cincy's a phenomenal company, great candles, everybody loves them. Are you thinking about joining? She says, yeah, I just don't know if it's worth the $100. I said, hey, do this. Go around the base, see how many people like Cincy candles, see how many people would host a party for you, or come to one of your parties if you do one yourself. You should be able to cover your $100 in your first parties. Then go become a rep, host a party, get your money back. It's that plain and simple. She just loves the candles, wants them at a discount. Yeah, she wants to make a little extra money. But she just realizes, man, this stuff's really cool. Key number four, the compensation plan. How to scrutinize the comp plan. Now, Darren writes this. There are many different ways to be compensated in network marketing, but not all distributor compensation plans are created equal. I wrote a whole little ebook on this. He is absolutely right. Here's the things we've got to look at. How much compensation should I earn as a distributor? This is something most companies, I mean, owners don't look at it. Distributors never do. See, everybody says, I want the maximum payout. I've seen people say, we pay 100% commissions. Okay, do you realize there is no feasible way to pay 100% commissions, that a company can't sustain itself at 100% commissions? But yet that phrase is pretty serious. I mean, think about it. See, that's a marketing term. We pay 100% commission. Okay, yeah, they pay out 100% commissions, but they're only paying 63% of all dollars brought into the company or 50% or 30%. See, marketing is so fun. I just love it. 
but don't get wrapped up in the propaganda and the hype. How much should you earn? An average compensation plan without breakage. I mean, or, or, or well, put the breakage in there. I don't care what. Maximum should be at a 63% payout. Never should it go over that. Doesn't matter. Matter of fact, doesn't even matter what company it is. Doesn't matter if it's network marketing or otherwise. There's just some things that you need to be able to understand and do. Which distributor compensation plus compensation plan is best and why? Now, everybody's going to have different ideas on that. It's going to be fun as you watch what Darren talks about because he really lays this out in a good way. What is the difference between a breakaway, a binary, unilevel, matrix plan? I mean, those are good questions. How can I identify these different plans and how they compare? Which plan has the best track record? Now, that is great, but here's one even better. Which plan has the worst? That's going to be interesting to watch. What's a hybrid or a two-up? How do they work? Can a comp plan play out too little or too much? Yes, it can in both cases. Key number five. This is the one I love. Company leadership. Who are you in business with? Here, let me put it in a different way. Let me be crude for a minute. Who are you in bed with? Have you taken time to really pull back the covers and look at them? See them in their raw nakedness? See, most of the time, we don't do that, and it's sad. We get into bed with people that are running a company, or we get in bed with an upline, and all of a sudden, we're out there talking to a prospect, and somebody brings up, well, did you know about this? Oh, my gosh, no, I didn't. Well, dude, you're going to get cooties, man. You're hanging out with them. Remember that old phrase your mommy and daddy used to say? Well, at least I do. Son, you're not going to run around with them because easier for you to get down on their level than them to get up to your level. Oh, isn't that true? Son, you're known by the people you associate with. That's why I became a Marine, because we're just the few, the proud. But seriously, folks, this is important. You need to know the leadership. Listen to what Darren says. He says, how, this is what we're going to cover in Chapter 8. How can you tell if a company's management team has high integrity? Huge. Is it important for the company to be debt-free? That's going to be a, a question we're going to have fun with. It, matter of fact, most I don't know how many times I've seen companies say, we're debt-free, we're debt-free, we're debt-free. I wonder why they're debt-free. They took equity partners. And those equity contracts state that, you know what, we've got this equity right here, and if you don't pay us back, then we're going to convert that, and we're going to use that. There's all kinds of little tricks, financial tricks, derivatives. I got one network marketing company so upside down in derivatives, and that's what made Wall Street collapse in 2008. So that's going to be an interesting. Is it important for the company to own its own products and facilities? Now, that's going to be a great thing there, and not all cases do they need to. But I will show you where the most successful direct selling companies in history ended up owning their own facilities, their own products. Is it an advantage to be involved with a publicly traded or a private company? Now, that's a great debate. My, my mentor, my good friend, I'm going to be with him next weekend, Tommy Chenault, will tell you public companies is the way to go. I like public companies. We're going to talk about this in this chapter because you're going to find out that one of the things that you'll hear out there is, well, I don't want to be with a publicly traded company. They have shareholders. Now, that just shows the, the, the ignorance. Now, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying they're ignorant to business. All corporations have shareholders. Privately held corporations have shareholders. 
Okay, so that that's just one of those myths everybody likes to talk about. Last thing under number five is how can I find if the management team is experienced, competent, and here's the third one that I love, committed. Darren is a co-owner of Yoli, and i gotta, I got to share this. The team that they put together as owners in that company are, are experienced, competent, and committed. But every one of them are competent, experienced, and committed in different areas of direct selling. And they complemented each other so well. They were visionaries. They, they even brought in management team to run the operation who are experienced, competent, and committed. I just, I tell you what, we'll, we may use them as a case study purposely. Number six, product integrity, how to scrutinize the product. Now, this is important. These are the questions we're going to answer. What makes one specific product or product line better than another? How can I select the best product for my home business without the having experience uh, expertise in that product industry. That's big right there. How can I find time to study and compare all the products? How can I find if a product is dangerous or controversial? Which product is right for me? Now, that last question I think is pretty simple. What are you passionate about? My daddy loved to bake and loves to cook, loves to experiment with stuff. He, he he got into Watkins products just because of all their product line. Man, they have the greatest line of flavorings and herbs and vanillas. See, you got to get into something because you got some passion behind it. It's the only way to make it work. These are the six keys that we're going to cover. Now, Darren shares a story in here that I thought was pretty good. It's the blind man and the elephant. I shared it a few weeks ago. Six blind men are, are up and they feel on an elephant, and each one of them feels something different. And they start arguing because one of them says, you know, it, it feels like a tree. The second one says it feels like a spear. The third one says it's it, it's a snake because he felt the, tr- the, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the trunk. The fourth reached out to the legs, and, you know, I mean, it goes on and on. Here's what you've got to look at. A company is just like an elephant. It's not whole and complete without all six of these vital parts, or what we call the keys. You've got to make sure you understand the importance of all of these and how they make the company complete. I've got a variety of owners that are smart, and they run all kinds of companies. Two of them that I, that I think are some of the greatest visionaries out there are B.K. Barreco and Richard Brooke. B.K. has a company that's been around for a couple decades called New Vision. Wonderful product line, people buying the products left and right. But he sits down with this formulator who's been with him the whole time. He says, we got to come up with something that's, that's needed. What's out there? They looked at the trends, and they said, well, you know, Juices seem to be really strong, and if we could create a really healthy vitamin drink, then that would that would be good. And they they created Vima, but they kept watching the trends, and they saw that energy drinks were coming big a few years ago. And they they created Verve. They didn't change their formula though. They added a little bit, made it a little bit different with some carbonation. 
man, they're cranking it out. It's going really good. They they realize that there's not really some good kids' vitamins. They brought out next. BK saw what what Blake was doing over at, at Tom's Shoes and says, well, then let's make it a double bottom line product. Every bottle sold, we'll give a bottle away. Then they saw people were were really wanting to lose weight because of the obesity factor and and the the Obama administration really has done a wonderful job at getting people to realize we're fat. But they wanted something unique and something different. They didn't want to change the formula, and they brought out Body, which is the first carbonated weight loss solution. I'm, I'm using him as an example because BK's an owner, but he's watching the trends. He's watching the product line. He's watching his compensation plan. He moved from New Vision to Vima, redid it because that's what worked. Richard Brooke, this is a boy that walks his walk. He's got OxyFresh. Man, he loves animals, so they've got a really good, what what I would call just a, a natural, organic line of animal products. He, 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 he's got some exciting people in his family that are into hygiene, so they've got a great dental line and a great shampoo line, and OxyFresh is, I mean, bu- busting, I mean, going at it 20 years. Says, you know what? We're not bringing in any, any new new people. We got to look around at what we're doing. And he said, man, look at all these kids out there. They're in sports and stuff, and and they take all this energy crap, and it's no good for them. We got to do something different. And he sets down with his team, and they they bring out life shots. It's not a drink. It's a powder. It's it's freeze dried or whatever they call it. It's got so many potent things in it, the vitamins that you need, and all this that. All of a sudden, all these athletic associations are buying it up, and he launches 2110. Puts a 100-year business plan behind it. Constantly reformulating. This is what you've got to do. If you buy the book, Darren has over 400 different companies in here. Some of them are in business today, some of them aren't. Some of them were the ripping companies. Here's one, Changes International. They were based right here in my hometown of Destin, Florida. Matter of fact, when I ran ProStep, we bought their old corporate building because they're no longer in business. But they were in the 1990s. They were the next company going to hit a billion dollars in sales. They're cranking like crazy. Some company bought them up, and they got rid of the compensation plan. Doesn't that suck? But then there's companies like Discovery Toys. It was doing great. It's got a great product line. Tony Robbins' company bought it, and then the company just went stagnant. Tony went in a different direction. The company wasn't doing anything. About a year and a half ago, they got new ownership, and they are back and running. Man, they got some of the greatest toys to help kids that are autistic or or, or just kids learning, wanting to do it better. But here's one way over here in the F's, Forever Living Products. Do you know they market over 70% of all aloe in the world today? Five, six million distributors, and most people say forever who? They own some of the greatest resorts. They own a a houseboat manufacturing company. say, Troy, why? Because their owner said, you know, if we're going to run around and we're going to do all these events for our people, shouldn't we own the resorts? I mean, let's let's keep the money at home. Life Force International, greatest love story in network marketing. A man's wife has all these pains, and he goes out of his way to find something that works and finds a seaweed that does some great stuff. It's amazing what you find when you actually look. But how would you know which one of these companies? How would you have known that Watkins would be around over 100 years? 
How would you know that Tupperware would be the only company in history to be able to really create a, a, a lifelong plastic product that people would use? Would you have guessed that A.L. Williams, a little ragtag, fat, bald coach, would create a billion-dollar company and change a whole industry? It's through this book that you're able to figure out the right mindset, the right product, the right timing, the right compensation, figure out who the leadership is and the product integrity. That's why you want to hang with us. Chapter 4, key number 1, a profit mindset, thinking like a marketing pro. We're going to start this tomorrow. I am excited. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure, and remember this, you are network marketing so act like it. I'll see you tomorrow morning right here on realmentorsradio.com.